So all of us here now, most of us were here yesterday, so most of us do understand the basic technique of, med- of meditation. But for, the, for those of you that weren't here, you know, all you have to do is with sitting meditation is to, to sit down cross-legged, um, put one hand on top of the other, and you know, just keep your body erect, keep it still. Um, or you can sit in a posture that's more comfortable for you. But the main, the main goal of meditation and the main thing we have to do while we're sitting meditation is to have mindfulness. So what we do, we bring our mindfulness to the front of our attention. We bring it to the in and out breath, the breath going in and the breath going out. We just calmly watch the breath. Or we can, we can use the thinking mind and we can investigate the body and investigate all the different elements in the body, the elements of earth, fire, air, water, atoms, protons. We can use the thinking mind in this way. And this is also a form of meditation. What you have to realize though, about meditation, the main aim of it and the main goal is, is to develop a calm mind. To have the mind stop and not have it thinking, thinking restlessly, thinking about this and that and the mind running off into the past or the future. If, if one doesn't practice meditation, the one who doesn't practice meditation, their mind will only be like this. It'll never be in the present. It'll always be running, running around everywhere. Even, even when one sleeps, the mind still won't stop at that point in time. So for this reason, this, we must practice meditation. We must practice sitting meditation and walking meditation to, to calm the mind and also to learn how to control the mind. Because once one has a calm mind, a calm mind is something that has a lot of strength and it has a lot of power. You can see, for example, with the body, if you exercise and you look after it well, the body will be strong and you'll be very, very healthy. And, a, and the mind is exactly the same. You have to train it. You have to, you have to look after it so it becomes strong. But what I mean here by a strong mind, a strong mind is a, is a quiet mind. It, there, there is strength in that quietude. So today we're going to be we alternating sitting and walking meditation. Um, we might just sit for half an hour now and maybe then go down and walk for an hour. Already doing this just, just today, this is already a lot of benefit for you in the training of your own mind. A very important aspect of training is, is to have, have mindfulness in, in all instances though, not just when you're walking or sitting meditation. So in, in every activity that you do, if, just say if you're picking up a glass, it's, you, know, you, know that, you know that your hand's moving to pick up the glass and you know you have full comprehension with what you're doing. So you need to keep this knowing, this awareness in all activities that you do throughout the day. So now that you're sitting, what you need to do is develop this element of knowing. At this point, Develop this, this element of knowing and don't send your mind out outside. If it does, if it does wander off, just, just gently, quietly pull it back. Bring it back to the breath. And you just keep doing this over and over again and eventually the mind will, be, and eventually the mind will become very, very calm and quiet. Even if there's a little thinking there, you know, this is okay. It's, it, you know, any, any, any level of calm is good. So then what you do after, after one has attained calm in the mind, you use, you use this calm and you use this, you'll notice the mind has a, has a certain strength. So you use this calm and you use this strength to investigate the body and you investigate the body as impermanent suffering and not self. And the more calm you have in the mind, the more fruits your investigation will, will have. You'll be able to see the body more clearly that it, that it is simply these three characteristics of impermanent suffering and not self. So that... That's for sitting meditation and walking meditation. Most people, most of you were here yesterday, but, but for the people that, that weren't here, 
um, when we go down to, when we go down to do walking meditation downstairs, one of the monks will come down and just anyone who hasn't doesn't know the technique, one of the monks will explain it to you down the bottom now. So, so for now we're just going to sit for about half an hour. So everybody, please quietly sit meditation. Just today while you're meditating, if anybody notices they start to get sleepy or they start to get tired while they're sitting meditation, you, you have to be very careful of this that you don't drop off to sleep. Um, a few good techniques to do is just if you ask, if you do notice yourself starting to feel sleepy, just open your eyes, or, you know, open your eyes and look around a little bit, or or open your eyes and, and and look at the end of your nose, and then when you feel like you, you're not sleepy anymore, then just then just gently close your eyes again. But don't let don't let the mind slip into this sleepiness. It's 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 a bad habit to get into. So. You know, once you think you 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 don't feel tired anymore, just establish your mindfulness again on the in and out breath, and then quietly close your eyes. Uh, the first question that somebody's wrote some questions down here, and they wanted to ask um, about the relationship between keeping the five precepts and uh, the relationship of keeping the five precepts, and with most most people in the West and especially Australia, they're they're. They seem they seem to be a little bit confused. They say we the first precept is we don't we don't kill animals, but is it okay to eat meat? Or is the answer the Ajahn gave is is obviously if you if you have too much and you're and you're gluttonous with things like this, this is obviously not a good thing. But in in the Buddhist religion and especially what the Buddha actually taught about these things and and what he laid down is. Is the main the main point one has to remember is is the intention of a person. That's that's where all good and evil is in the intention of a person. If one doesn't order someone to go and kill an animal, um, then then one doesn't actually have the intention to kill the animal. Just say if there's there's like a, whatever the, the butcher there or whatever, and that's his livelihood. Um, you're not actually telling that butcher to go and kill that animal. Like that's he's. He's going to do that anyway. So the most important thing is the intention in the mind. But if you were to say to that person, you know, you say to that butcher or whatever, I want you to kill five chickens for me or whatever. That's you know, that's that's then you're ordering someone to kill, and that's that's the intention. You want that animal to die. There's there's quite a big difference there. So if you were just to go and buy meat that was there, that's you know, that's that's fine because you don't have the intention of actually killing the animal. Um, but what you have to do is, it's not like you just you 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 eat the meat with no mindfulness and you eat it um, out of out of gluttony. What what you should do if you are going to eat meat is, you know, bef- before you eat it, you should try and uh, spread some loving kindness to that animal. Maybe 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 share your merit with it with that animal. So and and, uh, and it's not something you should be you know feel joyed about. It's like, oh, I got meat, so this is you know this is great. You know, you're not you're not getting too excited about it. Because you know, rea- the reality of the situation is um, morality. The things that w- morality. This is this is something in the heart, and this is about intention. So, so the first precept, yes, it obviously says not to killing, but it, it doesn't say about not eating. There's there is actually quite a difference there. So, as, and as I said before, whoever does it, that's their job, and they they're t- they're they're making the karma of killing the animal. But the one that's the one that's just eating. Elements that's you know they're not actually they're not making any karma, but it, it, you know if you wanted if you if you have that if you are of that view of like you you don't want to be a part of the 
don't want to, don't, you don't want to eat meat, you know, that's fine. That's, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's good. It's like you can, you can, in many different ways, you can develop kindness for the animals or whatever. But you know, just you have to, you have to realize that you know the main thing with it is intention. So if you eat meat and you don't have the intention to actually kill an animal, it's okay. And so the second question was about um, what are, what about people that you know that aren't that aren't Buddhists and or they don't have any sort of kind of religion. What's the state of those sort of people? What, you know, what, what, what can be expected from those people? And the answer the agent gave is even, even if somebody is not a part of any sort of organised religion or or any have have any specific kind of uh, hold any specific kind of faith, if if they're a good person and they don't harm people, in a sense that person has dharma in their heart. Um, they they still have that sense of goodness within their heart there. So that's that's very important. Although it's it's not. They haven't got. They haven't got like that. The heart. Hang on. The, the heart isn't like full of dharma. It's not like the full true dharma of like um, of enlightenment or whatever. They're still. They're still developing. They're still developing good qualities or whatever. But as I said, it's it's not quite full. So there there is that that opportunity for them to stray and to and to go off, You know, go off the path or whatever if they don't if they don't hold the morality uh, very good. You know the high, the highest thing one can actually go for in their life is is to go to see the Dharma. So you know every, everything that you do in the practice, whether it's part of of of, of dana, morality, or meditation, all all of this you're doing you're doing to see the Dharma and to experience the Dharma within your heart. All all the things that that are done that are good that are that are Follow some sort of morality and do some sort of dana. That's you know the, these are, these are very good things, and, and you know these are right and these are along the principle of dharma. So it doesn't you don't have to be some sort of religion to be a good person. The main thing you know wh- whatever whatever religion someone is, or even if they're not a part of some re- religion, what that person should should practice and, and keep in mind very often is. You know that we should forgive one another if there's, you know, if there's any sort of any doubts or any sort of clash of views. We should, you know, we should try to forgive with each other, forgive each other. You know, we all have to see that we're all, all of us are in the same boat. It doesn't matter what religion we are. It's like we're all in the same boat of old age, sickness, and death. We have to, we have to live here together. So what we should try and, what we should try and do is always try and think good thoughts and always try to spread metta to the to these sort of people. Because you know, uh, whoever's you know, whatever religion someone is, if if their minds if their minds in a good state and they think about good things or whatever, their mind will always be cool and calm. But anyone that then one thinks with anger and thinks thinks in wrong ways, their mind's going to be very hot. So in the end, that person they will cause trouble. So it doesn't it doesn't really matter what religion you are, as long as you're a good person. How was everyone's meditation today? Anyone get like some at least some quiet, a little bit of calm in the mind? Were you all tired or? You said the most important thing you have to take out of out of uh, something like this, that you, where you you know you come here for a day or two to, to meditate, is, is to take the practice back home. And to and to keep with it constantly, um, because if you don't keep with it constantly, you know the, all the you know all the 
the good calm states that you've built up, they'll gradually just you know fall back and back and back. So you have to do it every day. You have to keep you know uh, chanting every day and doing a little bit of meditation every day. And if you if you do that, this this is where you'll see some really really good results if you keep it constant. Um, you know. In an ideal situation, one would practice, every, you know, every day at home, and then, you know, maybe even like once a month or whatever, they have some sort of um, something like this, uh, like a two or three day retreat or something. And and if one attends those and keeps the practice up at home, that's when you know the continuality will will, will have effect, and you'll start to see some very good results in your practice. For anyone that didn't hear the question, the question was, uh, what is the karma and what is the, what is what are, what are the results of someone if they are actually, if they're a shareholder in a company that that um, deals in like gambling and alcohol and cigarettes. So the Etten's answer to that was, it's like, um, if you are like a shareholder in, in one of these companies, it's it's like you're you're taking wealth and you're participating in, it's like you're participating in that company and you're giving your support to that company um, and, it, and even even though you're not directly responsible for or the, the decisions of the company or whatever it's you still have it you still have a small part of it um, and so the wealth that you do take from that company it's it's not it's not it's not acquired in a hundred percent pure way there is still this is still a little bit of karma there you know, in the Buddha Sasana, if 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 one supports those kind of things, that there are different forms of karma with like um, with uh, just say like like with alcohol or whatever. You know, one can have, you know, the karma could be like a bad health or something like that, or with gambling and 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 sort of like it can also like ruin people's families and stuff. So one one. It, it, like it, there is karma there. It's, it's obviously if if you are the owner of the company, um, the karma is obviously a lot heavier. But if you're a shareholder, you, the, you know the karma is is a lot smaller. But you are still a part of it. So so if one were to take that money that that one earned from those things and and but then to use that in a good way, you still you still do accumulate some merit from that. But the merit isn't quite as pure as if if you would earn that livelihood in a good way. It's just a, it was just a further question on that. What what if you buy shares of something? Uh, it's a company. You buy shares of some sort of company, and at that point in time, you didn't know that they they might uh, partake in sort of illegal things and maybe like uh, harming people's lives or whatever. And you bought them, and you didn't know. Um, uh, and then you only found out later, or you know, it was a, it was a company from overseas or something. And the agent said it's this, it's the same kind of thing. It's like the the karma, obviously, it's it's not pure. Like it's 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 not pure karma. It's not coming 100% from doing like good things. So you are taking wealth from a company that that is partaking in 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 wrong things. So you do have a, a, a little share in that. So the question was, well, what about a glass of wine? Is that is that actually against the five precepts? It's the fifth precept of not drinking alcohol. Uh, you know, most people sort of ask, well, what about just like one glass of wine or something like with dinner? And so the agent's just like, well, one glass? Is it, you know, is it usually just one glass? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Well, he's like, do they have it as like a medicine or something? Are they using it? And he's like. He's like, oh, well, sort of. And then he asks, you, how much alcohol is in a glass of wine? And he's like, oh, about 13%. So, 
you know, you, you can ask yourself in, in this case, does this actually go against one's morality? And, and the agent said, well, you know, is it wrong? Is it actually against the precepts? It's like, well, well yeah, it is. Because um, you know, the reason that precept is there, is that fifth precept is there, is to, is to keep one's mind in balance and to keep one's mind um, thinking in a straight way. Um, but, you know, but how, you know, but how bad is it? Like, you know, this is something you have to ask yourself and this is something you have to um, know, know within yourself of uh, the limits or whatever. So, but, you know, you, you have to sort of notice things like this as well. It's like, okay, just say, for example, right, you, you've, you've been, you guys have been here all day and you've been sitting meditation or whatever all day and you've got to have, you have to ask yourself, well, how, how difficult is it to control your mind? It's pretty hard and, then, and you guys are straight at the moment. So, so if if you know if you guys are to go home and then then have have a few drinks or whatever or like a glass of wine, you know how much harder you actually think it'll be. You know it's hard enough to do it while you're straight, let alone while you're a little bit a little bit tipsy or whatever. So, the diff, different situations at different levels of like karma and different levels of like going against the precepts. You know some people they might just you know they might have a glass of wine before they go to bed. Uh, just uh, like a little bit or whatever, and they they go to bed and they don't sort of they don't get involved in anyone, and you know that's yeah that is like that, that is like a bit against your precepts sort of thing, but the karma's not not very heavy. You're only you're only uh, doing karma towards yourself and your own mindfulness. But someone like someone that that drinks and goes out and they do you know they do all sorts of silly things and they you know argue with people and do all these all these different kinds of silly things that you do when you're drunk you know that's obviously that's 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 quite wrong. You have to sort of look at your situation. There's like you know th- there is that sort of instance of where you know some people say like if you have low bro- blood pressure you know you should maybe drink a glass of wine every day or whatever. And so and the agent's like, well, you know, is that against morality? And he's like, well, yeah, but uh, is your health getting better? And if you say, well, it's like, yeah, it is helping your blood pressure. And he's like, well, it's, it's sort of, you know, that's whatever. You, know, you have to see if that's okay for yourself, you know. But, you know. but then you also have to ask yourself, well, well, if there's wine and it makes your blood pressure better, is there another way? Is there another, like some sort of... Some sort of maybe like a herbal medicine or something you can have to make your blood pressure better. So he actually he actually has a disciple sort of thing in in Thailand, and they're like, yeah, you know, like, you know, I, I just drink a you know like a, a glass of wine every day, and the blood pressure is better. And the agent's like, oh, okay, whatever. So you know, and then he sort of asks, is like, well, you know, just ask the ladies, is like, well, what do you what do you want your husband to do? Do you want him to sort of would 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 you rather have him have like one glass of wine or whatever and then go to sleep or would you rather have him out drinking all night and doing all sorts of silly things so and it's like it's like well obviously you don't want someone to you know in either case they're doing something a little bit wrong but you know the amount of the amount of wrong that they're doing is 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 varied but then he said you know just just to, to give you like the straight answer well yeah it's wrong So anyone didn't hear the question? There's a question about sharing merit with people that have that have passed away. Um, the question is, you know, do they actually receive that merit when we spread it to them, or is that just something that that makes our own heart a little bit more softer and kinder? And sorry, the second one was. Uh, compared to, um, that we 
Oh, merit with with meta. Yeah, and what's and what's what's the difference between uh, spreading spreading loving kindness and spreading meta or or sharing your merits? So, in, in regard to the first question, is do, the, do those relatives actually receive the the merit that we spread? And with this, this this actually depends on where that that being actually is at this point in time, whether they've been born into a place where they can actually receive that merit. So if they if they've been born as, as as a human or a devata or or something like that, something with a higher mind, something where they can actually receive this, and yeah, they actually they do receive this merit that we spread. Um, but if they if they that being has gone to a bad place, is like you know like a like a ghost realm or or, or something like that, is like they they can't really receive that because their mind's very dark, and so they won't receive they won't receive that. So you know uh, and. Because the question that you ask, but it's good because it actually works on both levels. It does both of the things that you ask. It's like it, it helps it helps our relatives if, if they're in a situation where they can be helped. But it also does make our mind calm and, and, and brings a happiness to our mind. E- either way that you do it, it's, it's going to be good. If, if your relative is in a good place where they can receive that, they're going to get the good merit from that. And you're also going to be making your mind, making your mind um, uh, happy and calm. But if they're in a place where they can't receive that, it's like you're still you're still trying, you're still bringing up those sort of uh, good intentions of uh, helping, and so you know you, your mind benefits either way. And and with the second question, the difference between spreading meta and um, and 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 sharing your merits, the, these are quite different because sharing your merits, you do this you do this um, to beings that have passed away. And beings that can share in the merits that you've done, so it's like you're, you're sharing the goodness that you've done with some, with another being. But the the practice of metta, this is this is more like a this is more like a meditation object. This is this is you you're, spre- you're spreading loving kindness to all beings. You're spreading uh, good thoughts to all beings, and this is something that makes the mind uh, quite calm and quite cool. Um, and it, it works as the antidote against anger if if one is prone to anger a lot. It has meta has all these uh, uh, different kinds of, of, of benefits on the mind, but with the sharing of merit, it is it is more just sharing some sort of merit with some sort of being. So that's why they're different. So the question was, what, what is the best one can do if one is involved in research aimed at the benefit of mankind, but uses animals? And so the ad, the agent said with this that there there are two kinds of karma involved in this. It's like, you know, you know, you obviously the, the the first kind of karma is if one's using animals in testing. You know, there is there is that there is that karma there. It's like you're you're using animals and you maybe maybe hurting them in some way or or whatever. But uh, just say if you if you're using that to so there is that karma there already. So you are making karma in in that instance. But you know, like just to say, if you're trying to make some sort of vaccine that would like that would that would really help the world, there's also there's also that good karma there as well that you have that good intention to do something that good. So yeah, th- in that instance, the karma is mixed. It's like, you know you you receive karma from both you know both the actions that you do there. And there's another question. And the second question was. Uh, what can one do if one is having too many, too many thoughts during meditation and the, the thinking is out of control? And the agent said, well, one, one thing that you can do is at that point in time, if you find you can't quite, you know, 
pull the mind back. It's just, you, know, you can just like open your eyes, open your eyes, and then um, just see if that works. And if that doesn't work, you can you can try to take three. You can take very very deep breaths, like really really try to suck as much oxygen as you can in. You can do that like three times or whatever. And then try to go back to the normal breath. So you try these different things and then try to go back to your normal meditation object. But if this doesn't work, another thing you can try is, is like holding your breath and stop breathing. And, and what you'll notice if you do that, the mind will sort of panic a little bit sort of thing and it'll bring it back to the meditation object. So you, you have to find different techniques to do it. But there's, a, there's just a few that he recommends. Mm. Yeah, and just uh, just an, another quick thing on the on the on the drinking alcohol on the drinking alcohol thing, and another sort of story that's tied in with Ajahn Chah. There was a time when Ajahn Chah um, he got some amulets. Ajahn Chah got some amulets, and, and Ajahn Chah blessed those amulets, and he gave one out to a, to a to a lay person, to one of the lay person that comes to the monastery. But uh, you know, the lay person whatever didn't quite have enough mindfulness. He took it home, and he went and he got drunk. And, and what actually happened was his, his, the amulet that, Char, that Ajahn Chah had given him had disappeared and it went back to Ajahn Chah. So the guy went back to the monastery again and said, can I have another one? And, he's, and Ajahn Chah was like, no, I'm not going to give you another one now. You've, you've blown it. So, yeah, so that, that's, that's, just, a, that's a, just a little extra story, I guess.